You can count them. It's not 9,999. Let's pray together. Father, where else would we be this morning, Lord? Where else could we go? You're the only one who brings 10,000 joys. And it is our absolute delight to take delight in you and to discover that when we delight ourselves in you, you give us the desires of our hearts. And Lord, the desire of our hearts today is to please you, to honor you with all that we are, that you might be glorified, that your church might say, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory because of your love and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. You go tell them, when you talk to your friends this week, you tell them we had church at Tallowood on Sunday. That God was in the house. And it's good to worship Him together. I wonder, in view of the marvelous testimony we've heard this morning, and what a joy it is for me to get to be Michael and and Tracy and Elijah's pastor and I wonder have you ever been healed and more importantly how do you feel about the person who healed you I have some limited experience with this I remember five years ago waking up in the uh, pre-op room of uh, Memorial City with fingers planted in my face And um, a a doctor was trying to wake me up to tell me that he was about to operate on me and all the bad things that could happen. Thankfully, I'd been medicated to the point that I really didn't care. I just nodded my head. I watched him drink a cup of coffee. That's one of my memories. I think it was the middle of the night probably to wake up, and I'm glad he did that. And uh, then he operated, and I came out of that well, and, and I've been healed of the condition that led me to that surgery. And it's funny, I I paid my bill a long time ago. I mean, promptly, right when we got it. But I still run into Rick No over at uh, Memorial City Hospital. And uh, I love his story. Every time I see him, I just smile. Because he told me sometime afterward that um, his family had been in Vietnam when he was two years old. And they were trying desperately to get out. And a Christian family in Iowa sponsored his family and brought them to the United States and I'm grateful for that family. I'm grateful to God for making Rick know a brilliant person. And I am grateful that he was available and that he operated on me. And I am grateful to God for his goodness to us. As the psalmist says, in the land of the living, we will see his goodness. And that's our story this morning. Collectively, it's Tracy's story, but it's our story. It's by the goodness of God that we were born into this world. And it's by the grace of God that we've been kept, even to this hour. And David's story, no, David's song is, When I give God thanks, I need to be all in. I need for my whole soul to be engaged in worshiping God because God has made my soul whole. And how does he do that? Well, we saw last week, he forgives all of our sins. Let's look at step two in Psalm 103 today as we consider God's comprehensive 
health care plan. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. And let's stand together in honor of our God who's been good to us. Let God's people say He has been good to us. Psalm 103, verse 1. Listen to David sing. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed Like the eagles, you may be seated. In the Gospel of Matthew, these uh, words come to fruition because Jesus, who invaded our world, begins to walk among the people. And in verses 23 to 25, He goes through Galilee and all the cities, and everywhere He goes, He teaches in their synagogues. He preaches the good news of the kingdom of God, that the king has come, and he heals all of their diseases and their sicknesses. So they go get their friends and their neighbors. They even go get the people in Syria, in another part of the world, and they gather around, and large crowds follow Jesus. And then in Matthew chapter 9, we see Jesus stepping out of a boat and seeing this crowd of people, and it says, he was moved with compassion viscerally moved by the enormity of the need of humankind. And he said to his disciples, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that God will throw out, that's the word, ekvalo, throw out workers into his harvest. They won't come out willingly, throw them out so that they will serve and be a part of this mission and this ministry And then in James chapter 5, we see the church putting that into practice. Where James says, if anybody's uh, happy, praise God. If anybody's sick, call the elders, have them pray. And the prayer lifted in faith, God will raise that person up. And if they've sinned, God will forgive that person their sins. And what we see in the Old and New Testaments is this connection between sin and sickness. But it's not... A simple connection because though we would sometimes sort of attribute every illness to some sin we've committed, Jesus clarifies that in John chapter 9 and says that's not it. His disciples say when they see a man born blind, was it his sin or his parents' sin? Was it their their sin before he was born or his prenatal sin, I suppose, that led to this? And Jesus says neither, neither, but we've got work to do. Because there are people hurting, we have work to do. And so we might wonder this morning about when and why God heals. But I would broaden the picture for us a bit this morning and say maybe the real question is not whether or not God can heal us. We know the answer to that. But whether or not we're willing to join Him in that work of healing. To be those voices that say, in Jesus' name, you are forgiven. To be those hands that say, in Jesus' name, you are forgiven. Are healed, And what we see is this connection between soul and body. And I just want you to see, we are whole persons. And the good news is, whether our illness is an illness of the soul, and everybody has the disease of sin, or, or whether it's an illness of the body, the good news is our God is good at both areas. 
Since He created us, He's the only one who can redeem us and sustain us. And I find frequently three different ideas about God and healing. I find some people who say, well, I know God used to heal, but He doesn't heal anymore. They're sort of naturalists, maybe have given themselves over to the idea that God created the world, maybe, but He's no longer involved in it. Maybe He healed back in Jesus' day, but no more. And then I find people who say, but God can and does heal. I suspect most of us find ourselves in that category. And then there's another group who say, you know what? Because of the atonement, healing is always guaranteed. Isaiah 53, verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, by His wounds we are healed. And I'll confess this morning, I'll just uh, take all the tension out of the rubber band and end the suspense. I'm in category two. I, I believe God can and does heal. But I believe in His sovereignty, He sometimes chooses not to heal. And He says, as He said to the Apostle Paul, who was dealing with a thorn in the flesh, My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is perfected in your weakness. And Saul comes to the place, like David, that he can praise God even in the midst of his pain. He can lift praise to God. So whether you're in that category of somebody who has recently been delivered from some disease and you are just grateful for that, or maybe you're in that category of a person who says, I am right in the middle of something chronic and it is not going away. I have news for you today. We have every reason to praise God. And the people who worship God with their whole souls are the people who know that their souls have been made whole. That this God who forgives our sins is also the only one who can heal our diseases. And which one of us doesn't at some time or another need to be healed? David had that experience. I pondered this week as I studied this passage. When was it that David was sick? I remember, you remember when in his later years he was weak. And uh, he, he couldn't stay warm. And, he was, and they, remember they brought... Uh, uh, the, the Shunammite uh, to come and, and stay with him and keep him. Abishag the Shunammite came and stayed with him and kept him warm. But there were times before that. In fact, in Psalm chapter 6, verse 2, David says, I was so sick that my bones ached. Uh, maybe some early version of H1N1. I'm not sure what it was, but it was bad. In fact, in Psalm 41, Verse 3, he affirms that God is the God who heals us and he prays for healing. But in verse 8, he says, I've got um, a sort of a gallery watching me and they're taking bets on whether or not I'm going to get well this time. And uh, they're saying, he's not going to get through this one. I know he's not going to get through this one. And it bothers David that there are those who are pondering the future of his health. And in Psalm um, 102, verse 5, he says, I have been reduced to skin and bones. You know what it's like to need to be healed, to have chronic illness. We are grateful for those stories of how God has intervened. I remember as a young person at a church in Germany, uh, Phyllis Beasley was a little girl in our church about my age uh, who was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, was sent of all places to Houston, Texas, and there at MD Anderson received help and uh, was, um, was made well. And I remember we got the reports back. Our whole church prayed for Phyllis and then we got the word that Phyllis was going to be okay, that God had healed her of that. And it was the first time I ever thought, wow, God works. He's involved. And I remember praying with Tracy and Michael and, 
and asking God to intervene and wondering when and how God would work and praying that she wouldn't have to go on dialysis and then praying when she was on dialysis and then receiving the phone call. Not long after they got the phone call, I got the phone call and realizing how God was working in her life. And I love that story. I love this testimony of praise. When we thought about this, we thought she's the one who needs to stand and speak and tell the marvelous things that God has done. She's no longer a diabetic. By God's grace, she is no longer a diabetic. And that is a great gift of healing that God has given to her. And even this weekend, even this weekend, Larry and I have been ministering to families in our church, uh, to David Weekly, P.D., Preston David Weekly, and, and Billy Stevens. And uh, their outlooks are, are, are difficult. And last night at 4 o'clock, uh, J.R. was to go and make the decision about whether to keep Billy on life support as her kidney and liver, her kidneys and liver have failed. And, and we walk, if we walk long enough in this life, we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And all of us need healing in one form or another. All of us need healing. And the good news is our God is well able to heal. The God who formed us, who knew us before He formed us, in our mother's wombs, that God is the God who is well able to heal us. So he said to his people in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. This is our God. And that prophecy and prediction was fulfilled in Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 9 we see it in Jesus and then he entrusts that to his disciples remember in Matthew chapter 17 when he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration a man brings uh, his child with a desperate need to the disciples who remain below and they can't make him well and and they and the man says when Jesus comes down the mountain I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't help him and Jesus says how long am I going to be with you I mean, there's got to come a time when you continue the ministry that I've given to you. And they say, Lord, why couldn't we? Well, he said, it takes more faith than you were willing to exercise. And here's what I want you to see. The Lord is still in the work of healing. He heals through Christian doctors. And we give thanks for those who have that gift of healing and minister and how God has prepared their minds and given them strength. And and in this room, we could raise our hands and testify how God has been good to us through Christian doctors. You tell me sometimes about how your doctors pray with you before they operate. And then you also tell me stories about doctors who aren't so sure about faith and you pray with them before you go in and say, while I'm in your hands, you're in his hands. And that's a good thing to do. And that's a great faith as well. And God heals through doctors. And when God does, we ought not to look at that and say, well, I wish the Lord had healed me, but the doctors did instead. Haddon Robinson, um, a great minister and professor and preacher tells about how his father lived in Harlem in uh, Mousetown which is Reader's Digest says the toughest place in the United States to live his dad lived there into his 80s Um, he was mugged a couple of times the last couple years he lived there one time he was thrown down a flight of stairs the other time he was so severely beaten he developed a hernia a man of faith a simple faith Haddon would say a simplistic faith he said well I'll just pray and God will heal me of this hernia he didn't understand And God did not, through his prayer, immediately take away that hernia in a miraculous way, but Haddon moved his dad down to Dallas, and good doctors there corrected the hernia. But Haddon said his dad never got over that. The last eight years he lived in deteriorating health, he lived with diminished faith as well, because in his mind, God somehow let him down. 
And he sort of despaired that God just wasn't there for him and it bothered him. And let me just say, every healing in this world is at some level temporary. But there is a healing beyond this world as Revelation chapter 21 describes it where there is no more pain and there is no more crying. There is something that is the ultimate healing. And so God either heals here or He heals there. He heals all of our diseases. And maybe you're in that place today where you say, God has taken away all of my sicknesses. I'm in very good health right now. Or maybe you say, I'm battling it right now. But it is well, it is well with my soul. And God sometimes heals through the prayers of His people. That's what James chapter 5 is about. It says we're supposed to pray and God wants to work through us and we are to be available to God so that He can use us in some powerful way to bring healing. So when we say God forgives you or we pray for people, I love to hear Larry Bertrand read James chapter 5. And we have prayed over so many people and sometimes God has healed them. We have marvelous stories of that. And then there are the stories too, after we pray, that God chooses not to work. But God would love to use us. And we should not be surprised. We should not give up praying and seeking God and intervening on behalf of people. I I read about a young pastor. Fred Craddock tells about this young preacher who went to the hospital for the first time. He's just a first-time pastor, just got out of seminary. And he goes to the hospital, and there's a lady there, and it's clear. She is very, very ill. She's very elderly. And he goes in, and he's afraid even to wake her up, but he does, and And he says, is there anything I can do for you? And she says, would you pray for me? And he says, okay, how should we pray today? This is a first-time pastor or just out of seminary. How should we pray today? She said, well, I hope you'll pray that I'll be healed. And he thought about it. He was skeptical, but he said, okay, I'll pray for that. He said, Lord, if it's your will, I pray that you will heal this dear lady. But if, if that's not your will, Lord, I pray that you will help her to come to terms with the reality of her illness. And while he's still praying, she just sits up in bed. She puts her feet over the side of the bed. She says, I think I'm better. He never got to finish the prayers. He said the last time he saw her, she was walking down the hall, saying to the people at the nurse's station, look at me, I'm all better. And the young pastor, a little bit bewildered by it, walked down the stairs, went downstairs, found his car. As he was putting the key into the door, he stopped and looked up and said, don't you ever do that to me again, God. I had no idea you were still in that business. Well, if anybody knows that God's in the healing business, it ought to be us. We who have been delivered from spiritual death understand the greatness of God's power toward us and His ability to intervene. And it's true, with people some things are impossible, but with God nothing will be called impossible with our God. He is able to deliver you. He is able to deliver you. He's the answer for your agony. He's the balm for your bruises. He's the cure for your calamity. He's the deliverer of your diseases. He's your eternal everything. He's a faithful father. He's a great God. He's high and he's holy. He's immortal, invincible. He's a just judge. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the master of the mighty who is near to you now. This is your God, and we praise Him as the God who is able to deliver us. And we know even as we worship Him, as 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 12 teaches, where Paul says, I asked God three times, and He said, my grace is sufficient for you, that He will not always choose. Tim Hansel says, I prayed hundreds and thousands of times for God to take away this particular affliction, and in the end, He healed me of the need 
to be healed here. And some of us are there this morning. And some of us would say, God uh, has not chosen at this time to heal my body, but it is well with my soul. I have a good friend who ministers to me. I got to see my son talk to him last Sunday night after Exodus in the chapel for the first time. My son was just wild-eyed with wonder. He had heard me talk about this friend, but this friend said to him, people ask me all the time, how are you? And I say, I am fine. I am always fine. And they say, you're not always fine. Nobody is always fine. He said, well, you did ask about me, didn't you? Because I am a soul, and my soul is fine. Now, my body sometimes has issues, but, but you didn't ask about my health. You asked about me, and I am fine. I have a friend whose wife's cancer has come back with a vengeance. And I camped out with him down at MD Anderson a few weeks ago. And he said to me, I said, how are you? How are you? Are you okay? He said, you know, we, um, we're good with God, however He defines healing in this case. Whether He heals my wife here and now, or He heals her there and then, however God defines healing for her right now, we trust Him. What did Job say? Though He slay me, Yet will I trust Him. I want us to come to that place where we can say we all need to be healed and God is the only one who can heal us and whatever He chooses to do, we praise Him. Whether like Naaman in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15, who says, Now I know your God is the only God. The world is watching church as we respond to illness. And Naaman came to the place where he said, Your God's the only God. I pray that would happen in Houston through the testimony of the people of Tallawood. Or whether we're like that one Samaritan leper out of the ten who comes back to Jesus and says, Thank you. Oh, I want us to be a grateful people. Jack Hinton, a pastor in North Carolina, went to the island of Tobago and there he was leading a a church service in a leper colony. They were having a choose your favorite hymn like we had last Sunday night. And uh, the people were picking their favorite songs. And they said, we have time for one more song. What, what, one more. And a lady, as he described it, who um, was gravely disfigured by leprosy, um, lifted a fingerless hand into the air and said, could we sing Count Your Blessings? And Jack Hinton walked away from that service and his friend said, I bet you can never sing that song again. He said, oh, I'll sing it, but I'll never sing it the same way again. I remember growing up singing. You remember that little song? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, Forgiving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the salvation that you alone can bring, the wholeness that comes from you, the Lord who heals us. And we bless you for those times, Lord, when you have taken away our infirmities and our afflictions, our sufferings, both inward and outward. And Lord, we praise you for those times when you didn't take them away.
but your strength was made perfect in our weakness. And all we could say to the world is, our God is good to us all the time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.